No. No, no, no. No. No, no, no. It's Gareth. Uh, I did expect the Garfi movement to start this evening. You know what's great is to never know... Sit down. What the fuck? It's great to never know uh, what people will say your name is um, as long as it's not your actual name. It's a weird little paradox. Thanks, Dave. Yes, thank you, sir. And it is... I hate to... I hate to play the Gary Gareth angle on this, but it's actually Garfi, not Garthy. So again, I'm in the position of correcting most. But again, it's not my name. Thank you. He's working hard already. Ugh, I'm, I'm, I'm beat. Working hard. Can we take a Union 5? I am just, I am, ugh, I'm dust right now. I am, after that run, Awkward. Fuck your city's weather. It's a little unpredictable. Much like the politics inside of it. A lot of, a lot of Trump, uh, lot of Trump people here tonight. Wow. Hey, he, Dave got him on talk space. He's doing a lot better. Doing yeah, a lot better now. We're getting him help. He's texting his psychiatrist. It's unreal. He's just, he's tweeting at him. Anyway, thank you for inviting us to your giant den of corruption. Yes. You're, you're killing America. And thank you for having us. Sometimes it ain't easy making something great again, Dave. August 29th, 19. 1914. Yeah. yeah. Year of two. our Lord. Yeah. BC. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how many lawyers are in the house. James Clark McReynolds. Whoa, was, this is, yeah. Was, oh, you're not going to. Oh. Was born in Elkton, Kentucky. Uh, that's a bad start. No. <laughs> Kentucky in 1914, not good. Or now. His... <laughs> now we don't have any listeners in Louisville anymore. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> I'm sorry. Goodbye, you three. His parents both attended the Disciples of Christ Church. Gonna flag it now. Owned and owned a plantation. Gonna flag it now. <laughs> As we call it, the combo. Sampler. <laughs> and this is where James grew up. And he grew up uh, the privileged son of a white man. His father, John, was a prominent surgeon and was nicknamed Pope. Pope? Because of his relentless professed self-belief that his views were always right. <laughs> so it's not a nickname you want. No. I'm not always in, right. Not in this case. Scalpel Bishop. His father adamantly opposed public education and non-biblical thought. Oh, well, he should be the Secretary of Education. 
I, I for one, have always wanted a secretary. Of, oh, no, I'm thinking of the secretary of housing, who yeah. is clearly well, you know, she on she, dope. She, she fought so that schools can have guns to shoot grizzly bears. Well, they're coming at you all the time. In my town, we live, we have bears, California yeah. bears, and so our kids shoot an average of three bears a day. Um, James graduated from a prestigious private school, the Green River Academy, and then went to Vanderbilt University in Nashville. Sure. He went for exactly one year, because that's all it took back then. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, got it. Bye. He's very active in debate societies. He graduated from Vanderbilt as valedictorian. Nice. Someone who worked for him would say later, quote, he viewed public education and the virtue of the common man as humbugs, which basically means a sham. So he thought yeah, public like education and the virtue of the common man were a sham. Yeah. Well, if you grow up uh, with everything, you're like, why do they make it so hard, these poor people? I actually agree. Oh, well, well, I'm glad we could do this. He next went to the University of Virginia School of Law, where he studied under Professor John Minor, whose teachings stressed personal morality and protection of economic rights and personal liberty from the government. Okay, <laughs> all right. So this is where he takes acid, and the music's like... <laughs> this was McReynolds' biggest influence. All right. He completed his studies at law school in 14 months. Sure. And it's graduated like... at the head of his class. Yeah, well, he, he put Four... in the hours. 14 months. <laughs> he logged the hours, man. He, re he received his law degree in 1884. After law school, he served for two years as secretary to Senator Howell Edmonds Jackson. How the Jackson? The senator had served in the Confederate Army during the Civil War, and his brother was a general. During his time in the Senate, he supported things like restricting Chinese immigration. Cool. The senator then left the Senate when President Grover Cleveland appointed him U.S. Circuit Court Judge. Okay. So you, that's a guy you want. Yeah. On no, the court. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Good old Grove. Uh, James moved on. He practiced law in Nashville while teaching as a professor. Well, he'd been in college for a year. At I mean, Vanderbilt Law School. Yeah. Oh, I love at Vanderbilt, of you course. You might as well teach at law, yeah. at law school if you've put in a whole 14 yeah. months. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be awkward teaching that. Yeah. Weren't you just... Yeah, 14 yeah, no, months. Yeah, I was right behind Take you. Take a seat. I'm going to hand out the syllabus. I sat behind you. I sat behind you. I sat behind you. So. So. Anyway. Anyway, I... Uh... The thing about my lecture is, can I look at your notes? Yes. You know what? Let's do one of these fun things. I want to do a little Freud thing. You teach, I'll listen. Let's see how this goes. Come on, guys. Let's turn it around. Come on. 14 months. Come on. You guys can all do it. Time's money, gang. Publicly, he crusaded against gambling and prostitution, and he was successful in removing the Police Gazette from public sale and distribution. The Police Gazette? <laughs> so just Sup a cop paper? Supposedly. Well, okay, so... They, they sent it out, right? They distributed it as if it's a cop paper, but it's actually like a tabloid thing with coverage of murders and sports, and then there's photographs. Sergeant of Meyer, single again? Which detective wore it better? 
Detective Murphy or Detective Murphy? <laughs> um, and then there were also uh, photographs of strippers, uh, burlesque dancers, and prostitutes. Okay. Well, I wonder what's going on in the prostitute picture section. Uh, oh. You're not reading the Police Gazette, are you? Just check- That's an omission already. You've already admitted it. Just checking out who wore it better. I think Murphy. Always. Uh, for decades, the Gazette was a staple in barbershops where men would look at it while they're waiting for your haircut. But <laughs> the Reynolds world got was it so removed. Weird. I, I had no idea. I thought I mean, Playboy was the first one, but there's this fucking fake cop magazine. With- reading a cop magazine when you're like, I'm here for my haircut. I'm just- I'll wait all day. I'm just reading about the police officers and masturbating. (laughs) Oh, I read it for the articles. Obviously, since he hated uh, sex workers and gambling, that meant he had political ambition. (laughs) They always do. He ran for Congress in 1896 as a gold bug Democrat. Well, I've always loved the gold bugs. I'm going to tell you why. It's a good show. Gold bug? It's, it's on the ABC. It's on, on ABC, yeah. the gold bugs. Yeah. The gold bugs were fighting against the... The, si- what, the gold bugs? We're fighting against the silverites. The silverites. So wait, is, this is based on gold v. silver? Is gold that- v. silver. In front of the Supreme Court in 19... No. Uh, <laughs> We're sad with gold. Yes. The gold bugs were people who wanted money backed by gold, and the silverites wanted currency Money. backed by silver. Interesting. So you can see how this would get And now you can, you can buy either on an 800 number. Just, well, the world has changed. The, the, gold, the gold bugs thought using silver would mean the end of the country. The economy would be fucked. Was there context? And the silver people okay. thought... That would it would just mean more money for everybody. So you can see how stupid we were. Yeah. We're the bronze boys. How come no one takes us serious? The bronze boys, bronze is making a comeback. We're the basalt twins. Oh god damn it. Basalt twins. I'm from the mud party. Oh my god, lock the door, the muds are here. We want Currency to be based on wet dirt. Mud, you idiot. Mud. WDs. I'm voting wet dirt Democrat. Uh, The presidential candidate was William Jennings Bryan, and McReynolds was appalled at his populist campaign. Didn't matter. James McReynolds lost the election. But he rolled along. He was head of the Tennessee delegation to the 1896 Democratic Convention. Uh, and he wrote the party's sound money plank. Uh, oh, listening to the money. And he kept moving up the ladder. Under Teddy Roosevelt, he was appointed assistant attorney general in 1903. Boy, Roosevelt was quite a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, monopolies have become a major issue in America, which is weird. Yeah. I- what would that be like? I don't know. This is before Amazon owned me. <laughs> As assistant uh, attorney general, 
He prosecuted a bunch of cases under the Sherman Antitrust Act and appeared frequently before the Supreme Court. He returned to private practice in 1907, but at the same time, he took a special assignment to prosecute the Tobacco Trust and won before the Supreme Court four years later. He started getting a public reputation as something of a radical on business-related matters. Mm. He said monopolies were, quote, essentially wicked. Okay. Boy, this is hard to peg this guy down as far as what we think. But that's also not really legal talk. Wicked is not a a term. Oh, absolutely uh, it is. You think so? Oh, I've seen a number of... uh, OJ was found wicked. (laughs) Not guilty, but wicked. Think about it. You're right. Your Honor, I am wicked. (laughs) OJ's back, and he's wicked. Hey. Look at how wicked that was. (laughs) Not sure what's happening. Um, In 1912, he campaigned heavily for Woodrow Wilson for president, who won, and he was paid back with uh, being appointed attorney general. Oh, an important position. Moving up. Wilson said he wanted a specialist on civil rights who was, quote, on the people's side. Mm. McReynolds looked like he was because of his antitrust stance, but he was strongly conservative in other areas, and he had a hard time in the Wilson cabinet because of his personality. Well, that's... Okay, that's a a delicate way of putting it. He's an asshole. He was described as, quote, entirely committed to... Oh, this is all fucked up. Oh, Oh, it must be aristocratic. Aristocratic principle and seething with contempt for grasping newly rich businessmen. And he had an equal contempt for legislators. Oh, boy. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I don't know. He's a good guy. Uh, It was said he would have been at home in polite society or in a duck blind hunting. Either way. In a duck blind? Yeah, it's where there's blind ducks and you... uh... Oh, that's tough. Do you know what a duck blind is? You're from Wisconsin. I don't know what a duck blind is. It's you get in. It's the thing you fucking hide in to shoot. Yeah. Uh, well, little, okay. Little so yeah, I never really dipped my toe in that pool too much. After sh- I was never actively shooting the ducks. You don't have to. Actively oh, they're great. Let's get them. Shoot it to actually. So what? Just go learn stay a in a termi- duck blind? I don't shoot ducks either, but I know the terminology. You're a crazy person. We met kangaroos, and then you ate some the next day. Oh, so You're a psychopath. If if prepared correctly, and by prepared correctly, I mean. Petted for an hour beforehand. <laughs> Woo, wooed into, into a sense we of security. We had a security. moment where I thought, I was like, Dave and I had a great day with the animals. And then the okay. next day, literally like with a toothpick in his mouth, like, a, an, like some sort of cartoon character, he was like, kangaroo's delicious. <laughs> and I was just if like... Cooked, if cooked right. If cooked, if cooked that's right. That's all I'm saying. Sure. And how long was the kangaroo pet? Yes, I'll have that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> How's the koala tabbouleh? The kwabuli? <laughs> no, the tuala. <laughs> <laughs> McReynolds was now considered by many to be the, quote, rudest man in Washington. <laughs> I mean, good Lord. <laughs> if only he knew. <laughs> oh, man. He would have swung for the fences more. 
just writing notes in 140 characters, throwing them on the ground. <laughs> it just says sad. I don't know who you're talking about. We went through this earlier. <laughs> Bernie Sanders? No. no. He... <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. He was sarcastic, peremptory, and antagonistic. Quote, he was known to leave a dinner party abruptly if seated below the salt. If seated below... And can we put the salt on your head? Yeah. Do you know what, see, do you know what that means? That means that there was a certain spot in the table where if you were placed... For, uh, far right. enough down, you were past the salt, it's you from, felt like a dick. Yeah, it's from medieval times. You were times. riding the pine. It's from medieval times, and it's if the salt would be in the middle, you would want to be up with the fucking yeah. fancy peoples. Yeah. And if you were down there with the shit eaters, yeah. then you're, that's where you were. I mean, that's... I'm past the salsa. This is bullshit. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing here? Welcome to eating with the shit eaters. Hi. You just got to move the we're salt. We're below down. the salt. Would you like some shit? It's the kids' table. They're all wearing happy birthday hats. Hi. So if he wasn't seated where he wanted to be, he would just leave the dinner party. Okay. Because I mean, that's cool. Sure, yeah. <laughs> he invented the Irish exit. At this point, he had so many conflicts with people in Wilson's cabinet that Wilson was looking for a way to get rid of him. Well, I think you just put him near salt. <laughs> Treat him like a slug. Hey, James, you belong over there. I quit! That's salt tard. <laughs> I know. At, uh, so, around this time, McReynolds also wrote in an annual report for the Justice Department a way to reorganize the Supreme Court. Stack it. Put six more justices on the court, and then the Democratic Party would have total control. The Constitution actually does not say how many Supreme Court justices there should be, so you would just have to get the Senate to agree. It's totally legal. Scared? You should be. Well, I didn't know you could play with a different ball. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. They could We're going totally... to 24. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. We start 11. Uh. Now, while President Wilson was a populist, he was also a terrific racist. Feels like an oxymoron. He banned blacks from government restrooms in the Treasury and Postmaster General's office, creating segregated toilets. I don't want my ass to be where a black man is sat. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, like, why can't... Like, that's the, that's the highest form of racism. Like, you can't shit where I shit. If, I'll, if I touch the toilet seat, I might become a black person. I could never. Then where would I go? What if my ass is black when I go home? Honey, my ass turned black today. Mm-hmm. Anybody right. who thinks there should be bathroom segregation should go to LAX and realize we're monsters. Oh. I think you, I think you then would go, it's not a segregation issue. LAX makes you reconsider eugenics. Oh. They really should just sell swords that you can commit Harry Carey with at LAX. I mean, the amount of times where you're like, why is... I hate it! Uh, Wilson's racism toward blacks was only matched by his hatred towards Italians, Germans, and Irish Americans. Well, I will say this. 
I like a guy that spreads it around. He wanted to rid the country of those he referred to as, quote, hyphenated Americans. Oh, shit. Jesus, that is a term I never thought. Little Garfy's American. I'm a hyphenated American. Yeah, but you can get a passport from another country. Oh, then fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> he called immigrants from... Why would anyone want to go anywhere else? <laughs> We've got it all! I just don't want to go anywhere else because I don't want to get bombed by us. That's true. It is going to be very weird when America's trying to take over the English monarchy. It'll be like, oh, 180, motherfuckers. <laughs> Didn't see that coming, did you? And we dropped a bomb on Paul Revere. Wilson called immigrants from Hungary and Poland, quote, men of the meaner sort. Interesting. Wilson's cabinet wasn't exactly against the idea of separate bathrooms for whites and blacks. Wilson's treasury secretary defended the policy, quote... Oh, this is a bad setup. <laughs> Here we go. I am, not going to, I am not going to argue the justification of separate toilets orders beyond saying that it is difficult to disregard certain feelings and sentiments of white people. What? Who? We're talking about... He's saying we have to think of the white people. <laughs> when are we going to take white people's feelings into account? Look. When will that happen? It really... The amount of care that goes into bathrooms is fucking insane. When you think about what it is, who gives a shit? Honestly. What do you care? Why would you... There are doors. There are private doors. Would you not let someone change in a changing room near you? Is that too freaky? You're welcome. I, but I, not, I don't get it. I not only want everyone to be able to shit in the bathroom that I am in, I want everyone to be able to shit on me in the bathroom Dave, I am Dave, in. Dave, Dave, a completely different And cause. that is the a new bathroom different I have installed at LAX. A completely different solve. No. It's five dollars no, no, no. to come in. No, Dave, and shit Dave, on my Dave, chest. Dave, 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 Race, Dave, 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 Dave. These, this is, Dave. This is. You're saying this into a microphone, my man. Yeah. So let's just. Oh. You guys overreacted to a beer spilling like nothing I've ever seen. We got a whole treasure chest of beer here. That was big. Here. That was like a chest. beer spilling in front of the full house audience. So, so, how to get rid of? Oh, bad. Amongst start. this crew of cabinet guys, James McReynolds, who is the worst of them all. Wow. I mean, well, there's an opening on the Supreme Court. No, no, no. It's Wilson. not the island of misfit toys. Wilson named McReynolds to be his first appointee to the United States Supreme Court. 
He announced the nomination on August 19th, 1914. McReynolds was confirmed 10 days later wow. by a vote of 44 to 6. Yes, that's right. What? It's almost like what the Democrats do now. He took his seat in October. Back then, associate justices didn't have offices. They actually worked out of their homes or apartments. Better. Um, he had a combo secretary law clerk who would have to go to the apartment to work every day. The weird. justices in this era were often unanimous in their decisions. There was this unwritten code that discouraged public disagreement. <laughs> Keep it in-house, so to speak. Wait, wait, so they were like a jury? Well, they were, they were like, let's just, let's, let's not let everybody know how, if we disagree. Let's all just So whatever the vote was behind closed doors, you were like, well, eight they, to one. They probably voted, and they probably went, so it's five to four, so you guys, you guys want to do nine no, nothing? Yeah, nine like, yeah. nothing. Don't let if anyone know how this works. It's a five to four, then we'll go nine nothing. What's nine the difference? Nine nothing. Sounds good. There weren't, there weren't transcripts. There weren't, you couldn't even bring a pen into the Supreme Court in the, in, in, I think in the 90s it changed, but in, in the mid-90s you, you couldn't bring a pen in into, to write in. Into the 90s? You couldn't bring a pen in to write down what was being said. <laughs> they were just like, it's totally, yeah. no, this is not. Which was fine with Clarence Thomas. And so you'd have to guess. <laughs> Didn't miss a word. <laughs> Pass the ketchup. Clarence Thomas. Yeah, so there's, there was no... They didn't start doing transcripts until recently. So you, and then they started putting out like just what people said, but not which, which Supreme Court justice uh, said it. Now, so now they it's were a board all, game. I no, like it's that. It's fucking bullshit. Um, um, Ginsburg. <laughs> Final. So they, so they could do this where they would just say, we all voted on it, and then everyone would be like, okay, we don't know what happened in there. Okay. James' early dissents, while, while rare, did not come with any explanation. He would just dissent, and that would be it. As he spent more and more time on the bench, he became more comfortable, and the real James McReynolds started to come out. That's not good. That's not a good sign. When John Clark joined the court a couple years later, McReynolds did not hide his dislike for him. He said he considered Clark to be too liberal and refused to speak to him. <laughs> okay, good. Well, this sounds familiar. It's also, and then Clark didn't last long. He lasted six years, mostly because of McReynolds. And it's customary when they leave the Supreme Court for all the justices to write a letter to the departing justice saying, this was great, you were fun. <laughs> this was great, have a neat summer. Thank you. <laughs> McReynolds was the first justice who refused to sign the letter. Oh. <laughs> Howard Taft, Justice Howard Taft wrote in the letter, this is a fair sample of McReynolds' personal character and the difficulty of getting along with him. It's a birthday card. I mean... Not a great one. No, but still, throw something on there. Oh, it's just I think having started. a summer works pretty well. And Clark wasn't the only Supreme Court justice McReynolds wouldn't talk to. Okay. Louis Brandeis also joined the... Brandeis also joined the court in 1916. Brandeis was the first Jewish member of the court. Oh, I bet that went over well. So for three years, McReynolds would not speak to him. Of course. Just based on the fact that he was Jewish. He would also often stand up and walk out of the conference room whenever Brandeis spoke. Wow. That's, he's got a good... I mean, was it salt related? Where was the salt? Oh, uh, my, my wife's calling. Oh. Do you want to snag that or... How do you want to do that? 
I hope we get a nickname out of this. Hi. We're, we're all, the show's happening. What are you doing? Hi. She didn't, she didn't do the... She didn't do the video. She just did... Uh, all right. Trouble at home? I don't know. It's weird now. It'd be crazy if she was naked. Hey! Yeah. I've got a show to do. Oh, my God! McReynolds uh, told Justice Holmes, quote, For 4,000 years, the Lord tried to make something out of the Hebrews. Then he gave it up for impossible and turned them out to prey on mankind in general. Oh, my God. Like fleas on the dog. Ah! Just... <laughs> anyway, that's my descent. Anyway, hope that was clear. That is well, yes, loaded. A, it's loaded. I am a Supreme Court justice. Why did you ask? <laughs> he's not a justice. He's a justice. <laughs> I don't recognize that. Prick. You wanted to say something else. God tried with the Jews. He basically undercover bossed them. <laughs> there are some young fans up front, Dave, that uh, I'm just noticing. And uh, <laughs> hi, guys. How old are you guys? You guys Jewish? Uh, it's fine. We're not... I'm a Reynolds, not a Mick Reynolds. I mean, I guess I kind of am in a way. They're all, they're all a little... You guys, if that, if that sentence we just heard upset you a little bit, tighten up your buttholes, because this is going to get weird. Whoa, whoa. I mean... It's get really kids, weird. The kids. We want... Some... Tighten you, up your you buttholes, You keep them gentlemen. wherever you want, okay? We're fine. This whole stance against being, uh, against being nice to Jewish people didn't really work for court harmony. In Wait, 19... About being nice to Jewish people? About, about not being not nice. Being nice. Right, okay. In 1922, Taft proposed the members of the court accompany him to Philadelphia for a ceremonial event. Oh, no. McReynolds refused to go. Oh, of course. Writing, quote, As you know, I am not always to be found when there is a Hebrew around. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the... The honesty that you were allowed to have with these... I, I, you sometimes don't know what's worse. Is it the veiled bigotry or the actual? But then you hear that, you're like, the actual. It has to be. If I have to pick a poison. <laughs> yeah, the actual is pretty bad. Oh, I can't go. There'll be a Jew. I would like to accompany you, but you've got some tailed people with you. Is that not right? Well, are there separate porto parties for the Jews? I don't want to catch it. Uh, Chief Justice Taft was not a fan of McReynolds. On what basis? Taft thought he was, quote, selfish to the last degree, fuller of prejudice than any man I have ever known, one who delights in making others uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, that's something I like. That's not... 
That's not that. That one's not a bad. Well, thing. this is before blocking was invented, guys. <laughs> he has a continual grouch, and he is always offended because the court is doing something he regards as undignified. <laughs> he has no sense of duty, Jesus. and really seems to have less of a loyal spirit to the court than anybody. Taft also wrote that McReynolds was the most irresponsible member of the court, and that quote, in the absence of McReynolds, everything went smoothly. <laughs> So everybody hates his guts. Yeah, it was a good call to throw him on that. In 1924, there was no official photo of the Supreme Court taken, as was and is tradition. This they don't the, do pictures still? They do pictures every year. It's the only year it didn't happen. Oh, okay. Right, okay. Gotcha. Only year. The reason is that McReynolds... I like the one where Justice Roberts lays in front of the others on his side. Like, <laughs> holding a soccer ball. The one where Scalia had his top off. Uh, well, and that's also the one where Alito was on top of the pyramid. They did yeah. that one, too. Alito's great. Ginsburg looked like she was going to break. Bottom row, bad call. <laughs> Made of breadsticks. <laughs> and they were like, Clarence Thomas, what do you want to do in the order? And he was like, You know, people don't know this. When Clarence Thomas speaks in the Supreme Court, they release balloons. <laughs> yeah. And the ceiling, and they come down. <laughs> the reason that there was no picture taken... Oh, boy. Oh, well, we know In 1924, is because McReynolds refused to sit next to Brandeis. <sighs> boy which he was officially supposed to do due to seniority. McReynolds wrote to Taft to explain his decision. <laughs> the difficulty is with me and me alone. I have absolutely refused to go through the bore of picture-taking again until there is a change in the court. Uh, it, it, it's so weird to be like, I'm the crazy one. I loathe that Jew. My fault, Jew-hater. Yep. That's on me. My bad. Or my good. That was when my good was catchy. My good! McReynolds was also notoriously lazy. He would often not even open briefs lawyers filed to prepare him to hear a case until hours before the case was argued. And he frequently just spent a few hours crafting opinions that would govern all other courts in the country. <laughs> oh, my God. So he went in, he goes into these hearings... Like, I go into the podcast. He's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Today, McGen McReynolds' uh, judicial work is considered of a very low standard. Mm. Uh, that sounds strange. His judgments were short because they were unencumbered by reasoning... Now, is, is that he, strange? He seems to have taken little... Uh, he seems to have undertaken little to no research or reflection. Sure. Okay. Well, good. That Good. He's just, just like, fuck you! Uh, that's not a decision, McReynolds. One day, McReynolds announced he would be calling in sick the next week by telling Taft, quote, a voice has called me out of town. Uh, well, that, I mean, what, what more do you need? I don't think my sudden illness will prove fatal, but strange things have some time happened around Thanksgiving. Wait, 
What? He was going duck hunting, and he was telling him he was going to call in sick to the Supreme Court. So, wait. Of the United States of America. He was telling his boss that he might feel weird because a voice has called him to go out to go duck hunting in Maryland. I don't have any questions. <laughs> nothing, nothing weird there. Another time, he didn't even inform his fellow justices he was going hunting and just left without handing in his dissent. So he's just rubladelling the Supreme Court, just <laughs> dropping and rolling. I, I can't. I gotta go look at the moon for a bit. Taft was furious because he wanted to deliver two important decisions but couldn't without McReynolds' dissent. Well, that's quite a pickle. Taft complained that McReynolds was, quote, always trying to escape work. <laughs> I love that that's a <laughs> fucking Supreme I mean, Court justice. Yeah. <laughs> so he was only given the task of writing judgments in routine and insignificant cases. He sounds like everybody on a Friday at 4.30. <laughs> always. Just perpetually like, I got it, yeah, yeah, and Okay, yeah, so what, should we fill it out? Let's not take a break. Let's fill it out. Let's do it now. Let's roll. Come on, what the fuck? I want to be in traffic. Done. Let's get this done. Um, the other justices appear to have held a poor opinion of the quality of his work. Boy, these lifetime appointments. What, I mean, bad call, right? <laughs> but even then, one clerk said McReynolds appeared to resent being given the task of writing judgments. I mean, how is it like... <laughs> it's like they're making a reality show, not putting judges on the court. One man hates being a Supreme Court justice, but he's forced to. It's a fucking Comedy Central show. Yeah, yeah. Except for the horrible anti-Semitism. <laughs> Although on the uh, anti-Semitism channel, oh, AS, you guys don't get that here? It is big it's, in Hollywood. It's, it's like Channel 874. McReynolds went through law clerks at a steady clip. Okay. Most just lasted a year, and he would tell them, when he hired them, where they had to live. <laughs> it's not okay. He told them no. where they had... He was like, you have to live there. That's your house. Huh? I you can't afford there. that. No, you, uh, no, it's your house. I want you there. I think third floor, too, for you. You'll get up there, and you'll live there. And you'll work for me for a year. And that'll be your home. Because I'm batshit crazy. His clerks also couldn't smoke. This is also going to be your only bowl. Here's your pillow you and go. your sheet. And I welcome you to pants, two pairs of socks. That's it. You'll come in shirtless. You here's live there. Tooth- you live right there. Here's your Third toothbrush. Floor. Your toothbrush is you in go. my ass. All righty. That is yours. Your toothbrush. There One you year you use that. All right. One year. Don't look me in the eyes. All right. Say, <laughs> so don't look me in the ass. Uh, eyes. Oh. And ass. And Either's ass. not okay. They also couldn't smoke even in their off time. <laughs> I mean, okay. When sure. he did want a new clerk, he would ask for a quote conservative wasp. Cool dude. McReynolds would not accept quote Jews, drinkers, blacks, women, smokers, married or engaged individuals. So basically, mostly cool people of the era. I don't want humans. I'm looking for, how do I put this? White like me. 
He also told, told the clerk, quote, don't ever wear a red tie. It is much too effeminate for a lawyer to do. I don't like red ties. <laughs> oh, my God. I kind of wish he was around now because he would be losing his mind. <laughs> Not only is it a red tie, he's wearing it like a slip and slide. Which I've experienced with the time travel that brought me to this era now. In 1932, there was another absence on the court, and Herbert Hoover was being pushed to pick... I'm going to say this wrong, too, and you guys... It's exciting. Benjamin Gardazzo. Gardozo, sure. Why wouldn't it be Gardozo? Happened to be Jewish. Oh, well, that's that's good. That's good for McReynolds. (laughs) He was super well thought of. Hoover, Hoover was being urged by the entire faculty of the University of Chicago Law School and the deans of Harvard, Yale, and Columbia. Supreme Court Justice Stone offered to step down and give his spot to Justice Cordozo if Hoover wanted to pick someone else for the empty spot. That's how much everyone's like, this guy should be a Supreme Court Well, obviously he's not going to be one. McReynolds urged Hoover not to, quote, afflict the court with another Jew. Oh, my God. Hold on, I've got an alternate. I've got an alternate opinion here. Yes, McReynolds. From all the deans of Harvard and blah 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 blah. Yes. Jew. All right. That Will you write that down at least? Legal opinion. You've been in a duck blind for three months, asshole. Cordozo was picked. Okay. When McReynolds heard Cordozo was selected, he said, "Quote, huh? It seems that." <laughs> I mean, it's kind of enough already. <laughs> Bummer. I hate Jews. <laughs> huh. It seems huh. that... I can't say. Huh. Uh... It seems the only way you can get on the Supreme Court these days is to be either the son of a criminal or a Jew. Oh, my... Or both. Oh. Turns out Cordoso's father was also a judge, but he had been involved in a corruption scandal and left the bench. At Cordoso's swearing-in ceremony... It's the only time a guy's swearing in the background. (laughs) Bullshit! McReynolds casually and obviously read a newspaper. (laughs) You seen the new Police Gazette? I read it for the articles. Unlike the pornographic Jew before me. (laughs) I love the funnies. While he read the newspaper, he muttered another one. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's on the Supreme Court. He's He's on the Supreme Court. He's really laying it on thick. Reading the paper is enough, but he was probably like, people are ignoring that. I got a lie for Another one. Another one. So he loathed the Jewish justices uh, he's so much. Two, he's, yeah, I hate the Jewish. So much that he would not allow his household staff to fraternize with the Jewish justices' staffs. I mean, this so anybody is who worked for him could. So it's you might nobody hold has on Ebola. Now, a, hold on, just hear me out. You might bring home a little dusting of Jew. 
Hey, uh, don't want to freak anyone out, but I think some of you were hanging out with Jews. I can tell. Jew-jacent. He's one of the good people who works for me. When Cordozo delivered an opinion from the bench, McReynolds would often hold a brief in front of his face. <laughs> He's like a four-year-old. Yeah, honestly, like, this holds... is, this feels like one of those body switch movies where, like, a kid is now an adult. <laughs> like, we held the gavel during a lightning storm. <laughs> and we're doing everything we can to find the weird guy to fix it. He also refused to sign opinions authored by Brandeis. One of McReynolds' clerks said the judge never spoke to Cordozo at all. So, the, I but mean... Uh, go ahead. He didn't just hate Jews. Oh, good. Well, we've he, heard that he hates others. He also didn't like women. Oh, good. Congratulations. Should... At this point, should be a little validating. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on the list for him. On the rare occasion that a female lawyer was able to argue a case in front of the Supreme Court, McReynolds... <laughs> what did he do? McReynolds was... No, what did he do? I could, I honestly... Okay, go. McReynolds was known to say, quote, I see a female is here again. What? That's just... So he's got a brief... Woman! It's like the end of Body Snatchers with Donald Sutherland. <laughs> I mean, what he must be like, I'm running out of props to defend myself with. <laughs> Two Jews, a lady? Yeah! Crucifix! What kind of hell am I living in? <laughs> when the female lawyer would, lawyer would <laughs> rise to present her case, he would get up and walk out of the courtroom. Boy, he... Really, how do, how, how do you deal with a guy who's Kramering the Supreme Court all the time? There's no way. Like, what do you do? You're just like, eh, sorry, he's. There's no the way worst. Scalia didn't want to do that. Oh, I'm for sure. <laughs> for sure. The problem was movement, not impulse. <laughs> so, in. Uh, in 1933, the country's in ruins, right? The Great Depression, Depression is in full swing. In comes FDR and his New Deal. Yep. There were now four conservative justices, of which McReynolds was one. And he did not like FDR at all. Okay. Or as he referred to him... Here we go. ...that crippled son of a bitch. Uh. It's, I like, just... it's like the guy that you hear about who lives in the house down the street whose wife died and just has that mean dog and occasionally is working on his car. It's like he became Supreme Court Justice. Where do you live again? Down by the end of the road. 
Boy, he, I mean, he, there's nobody who's not taking heat except for... No, he's Clint Eastwood from that El Camino movie. Oh, yeah. For sure. But he's, the... got, he's got what they refer to as squint wrinkles. Squinting on Squinkles. Jew, lady. Oh, yeah. He's also like just Clint Eastwood. So. Well, he did leave other Supreme Court justices talking to a chair. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, McReynolds described FDR in private correspondence as utterly incompetent. Not that private. A fool a megalomaniac, and bad through and through. Okay. At one dinner at the White House, when Roosevelt entered the room, all guests stood. That is kind of weird to begin with, though, a little bit. Except McReynolds. Okay, then it's even more weird now. Who remained seated and then turned his back on the president. Wow, this... What? (laughs) It's so like a a child. (laughs) I mean, it's insane. This, I mean, this is the most, most spoiled person ever? <laughs> he, never went, he never went back to the White House after that. Usually, the four justices, uh, who were the, known as the four horsemen... Did I, did I say that yet? No, you uh, did not say that. Did he? that part? I didn't? No, the four horsemen. The okay, four so, conservatives were known as the four horsemen? So, so well, that's not okay. They started blocking... No, 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 Stop. What the fuck? What? And that's not a new book. No, 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 it's fine. No, it's not okay. It's fine. We're the apocalypse party. I'm not saying we should bring this back. But they were, they didn't get, they didn't pick that name. The press picked that name. Still not okay. Because they were like the four horsemen of the oh, apocalypse. Oh, okay. Oh, so they didn't have jackets made. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry for my judgment. They had it bedazzled on their robes. Well, we are the four horsemen. (laughs) It's because they were blocking so much of FDR's New Deal. The four horsemen would ride in a car to and from the court to coordinate arguments. So they were really the carpoolers. (laughs) (laughs) They were incredibly opposed to the New Deal policies for unemployment and economic recovery, and they invalidated state laws regulating labor and business relations. Even still, the other horsemen... Hated McReynolds. Wow. I mean, when you are shunned by the horsemen, uh, you're too crazy. Yeah. That's coming from us. We're thinking about renaming it the one horseman of the apocalypse. I or, like the, it. or the three horsemen and the uh, cunt. How about McReynolds and the three horsemen? How about. Two, three, four! I hate when he does that. We always have to start playing. <laughs> that is the best way to end an argument in a band. <laughs> Look, I'm not telling you we're not the two, three, four. Let's go. <laughs> start playing, fucking prick. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Justice Holmes said McReynolds was an uninteresting lawyer, but a quote extraordinary, extraordinary personality. He has very tender affections and corresponding hates. So he's a wrestler. <laughs> but when, when, when really smart lawyers fucking get you, they really dig it. They really get you. Right. Uh, his clerk, John Knox, wrote of the things McReynolds hated. 
tobacco use he called filthy. He refused to let anyone smoke in front of him. Women wearing red nail polish were, were vulgar. So he just is like a bull. He hates red. Men who wore watches were effeminate. <laughs> Wondering what time it was. Excuse Unbelievable. Me. Do you know what time it is? Well, it's gay. <laughs> That's what time it is. Gay hand. Gay man, gay arm. 3.30. Anyway, it's 3.30. 3.30. It's actually 3.30, <laughs> to be clear. No. no, I love a watch. It's hard to know. What you're doing you can get a, They have masculine-looking ones now. They don't have, you don't have to get the swap. I wear a sundial on my chest like a Greek man. <laughs> men with watches. Only gay men want to know the time. <laughs> McReynolds was responsible for all the no-smoking signs put up in the Supreme Court building. But that's not bad. It's not bad, we found, but it's You like, guys, we found right, something. No, 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 but, but here's... Here's the problem. The problem is, again, it comes from himself. It's not others' health. He's like, I don't like smoke. It's not, I mean, he's not, like, helping anyone. He maybe was accidentally, but this is also the time when they were like, babies should smoke, and here's why. <laughs> Boy, a teething baby can be quite a disturbance to your night, can it? That's why we've got new baby rats. Baby rats cigarettes for children. That's baby. right, there's nothing a baby likes more than sucking down on some sweet tobacco through a filter. Get them started early, gang, otherwise they might develop some symptoms. Babies can get quite sick if they're not smoking. I'm a wizard. You don't need to have to know how to roll over to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> That's for the parents. The parents, sing single people, you don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Uh, nope. McReynolds also had a black servant Got who had it. been yeah, working well, for it, him it, since he joined the court. Let's everybody just buckle up. So this guy, this guy's been working for him since he uh, joined the court. Okay. Uh, this can't really be his name. Did this change it? All right, nope. I'm just going to say it. His name is Harry Potter. That can't be right. No, no. <laughs> that can't be right. No, that was changed. No. God, wouldn't that he be amazing? Have, he might wouldn't have that just, be amazing? It's not right. That he was, might have that was just been like covered in a lot of hair and dealt with the plants out front. Like he was just like, I'm a Harry Potter. I pot him here. Parker. It's Parker. It's Harry Parker. Parker. I found it down here. It's Parker. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we blew that. He went to Logwarts. Uh, so, guys, I, I know people, you're booing me because of autocorrect. I can't. So, he wasn't a boy wizard after all, Dave. <laughs> Here's where it gets interesting. Racist, racist McReynolds had a small wizard as a servant. By the way, being a wizard, great angle to servitude. I agree. Excavalaz, yeah, you know, and then it's right there. What? I've never read a page of Harry Potter. So basically, Harry Parker was this guy. He, he worked there before McReynolds came. Like, he was a guy who worked at the Supreme Court forever, and when a new justice would come in, he would he was become there. that guy's okay. uh, man. Sure. Sidekick. Mm? I don't like the word servant, but that's what, yeah. Well, I think sidekick's uh, also So strange. Harry pretty much did everything. Harry had a wife and three sons. Harry was the one who would tell clerks they could not smoke or drink and date. 
or date. Did I not tell you they couldn't date? No, they couldn't yes. date. I would prefer a eunuch. Yeah, he wouldn't. He didn't want his clerks to either. Date. Cut it off or marry her immediately. Don't be foolish. No drinking or fucking or looking at women. Look at me, McReynolds. So Good they morning. couldn't date. Right. Okay. It's all normal. He's a nun. Are you sure? All the clerks are nuns. And if McReynolds called the apartment during the day and the clerk was not there, the clerk would immediately be fired. Wow. Mary Diggs also worked in the apartment. She was the maid. Mary and Harry called McReynolds Pussy Willow. I like that. This was so they could talk about him in front of him and he wouldn't know. Uh, Which, by the way... What a pussy willow thing to do. <laughs> Boy, you guys really hate pussy willows, huh? Well, I don't like them either. Grab them by the pussy willow. That's what I've always said. I don't get the reference. I, uh, you will. I'll be back. After I'm dead, I will reemerge in a new form. You might not know it's me, but I shall rise again. Perhaps with some weird makeup and hair, but I'll be back. Uh, On one of the first days, Clerk Knox was at the apartment. He heard McReynolds ask Harry what he was going to do with his sons. Harry has three sons. He's like, what do you plan on doing with your sons? Uh, And Harry said he hoped to send them to college. Uh... McReynolds yelled, quote, College? Uh... Do you mean to say they are going to college? Uh, Yes, literally what I have just said to you. Yes. Why don't you train them to be handymen like yourself? There is no need for them to go to college. Well, I should have not opened up to you. Harry said he thought there was, and he wanted them to do better than him. McReynolds responded, I don't see any sense to that. One of your sons has a good job in the Supreme Court cloakroom. Why doesn't he just stay there? Jesus. How old old is McReynolds at this point? Because he sounds 100 and... Okay, good. He's He's 904. (laughs) McReynolds, it turns out, was firmly opposed opposed to black people getting university educations. That came across. Also, just a really good thing to have on the Supreme Court. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, that'll, that'll help everything. Honest duck hunting trips. Uh, it is. Just, it is I everyone do, just take a moment. But I also, but the, the truth is now we still have, they take so many fucking vacations here. Like the people who work at our government are like, they're like, they got to hurry up before their they're, break. They're all, we're talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. You guys. But... No, but they don't get vacations. But the, so there's no the, so the there's, Congress. The congressmen no, no, no. are like, people, oh, I'm taking off. People who how actually do you say it, August. I'm taking off August. People who actually work are expected to get like two sick days a year, and then these assholes just keep ruining the work environment, and they don't have time sometimes to do it because they have to go on fucking vacation. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if you've ever. No. I don't know if it's going to ever... be so great when we have them in crates. I don't. <laughs> when we just have a room of them all in crates, it's just going to be fantastic. I don't know if you've ever had to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, but it's a bitch. Oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's uh, a bitch. Imagine. 
Oh my God, imagine all the walking and the bullshit. Uh, uh, going in the weird pool that's only meant for white men where they swim naked or whatever's happening, happening? over there. Huh? Where's this? Uh, they got little weird houses where they do weird stuff. Are you talking about... Uh, they like to piss on bunnies. What? A big bunny. What's They're it? in charge. Huh? I haven't read this. Oh yeah, you gotta look it up. They pee uh, on bunnies. On his duck hunting trips, McReynolds would not bring a dog to retrieve the ducks he shot. Instead, I'm Harry not, came along. I was. He would order Harry to wade through the cold ice water to retrieve the kills like a dog. Anyway, he was pretty cool. I've At one point, nothing. McReynolds noticed one of his clerks had become very close with Harry, so he uh, warned the clerk. Not good. He warned the clerk, quote, you seem to forget that Parker is a Negro and you are a graduate of Harvard Law School. You are treating Harry like an equal. Think of my wishes in this matter. Ah. Uh. And your future relations with the darkies. Ah. Uh. It, it, it truly is, like, that could not be a situation where you could be further removed. There's basically zero impact on you if someone befriends someone. So... That, that is always trying to make people live their lives how you want your life led is so fucked up. It's working fine for me so it's far. It's not. <laughs> I'll have a beer. Also, whenever McReynolds had uh, to send a letter addressed to a black man, he insisted the word colored be placed after the name. Oh, that's cool. Because he said this would help the mailman. The white mailman. I... God damn it. I keep telling them there are two Larry Jacksons here. One is white, one is black. Put white after the... No, just put black after the black one. You know there was, definitely, the there was definitely a mailman walking around like, which house has the craziest colors? <laughs> Out of all the, he said it? No, he said 1412, and it's colored. And I just all these look pretty... Well, this one's like a rainbow. I mean, it must be this one. When word got out that McReynolds told Mary Diggs that she was lucky to have a job, he was sharply criticized. How long? This guy is like a cicada. I mean, it is. He publicly defended himself by saying he tried to, quote, protect the poorest darkie in Georgia backwoods, as well as the man of wealth and a mansion on Fifth Avenue. So... Not true and very revealing in the way you say it. Well, he... he he, he didn't use great language. No. No. Again, I mean, it is true. Like, today, they, it is almost worse that it's just veiled, and it's through policy. Of course, his racism affected his decisions. In what way? In Moore versus Dempsey, five black men were convicted of the murder of a white man following a 45-minute trial during which their counsel never spoke to them while a lar large crowd yelled for their conviction outside the courtroom. What did the jury think? The jury, from which all black men had been improperly excluded, okay. brought in a verdict of guilty in five minutes, and death sentences were passed. The majority of the Supreme Court found the accused to have been denied due process. Okay, uh, this is... But McReynolds dissented, praising the role of the counsel. <laughs> he never spoke to them. How could you say, well, I think he was great. Although he noted that the trial was unusually short. 
from the guy who just Irish exits the Supreme Court all the time? Sounds a little rushed, but I love what I hear. I gotta move. I'm gonna go live inside a duck tent. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Excuse me. Justice Brandeis left the bench in 1939, and as expected, McReynolds refused to sign the traditional letter of regret from the court. Of course, yeah. Well, it's good that he's changed. He was very in favor of individual liberties unless it concerned the rights of a black person. When cases that involved the constitutionality of Jim Crow laws came before the court, McReynolds always voted against them. In one case, he argued that having a racist juror, juror convict a black man did not mean he should get a new trial. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> With FDR, McReynolds and the Four Horsemen did everything they could to try to stop the New Deal. You mean that crippled son of a bitch? That crippled son of a bitch. He voted against New Deal measures and compared Roosevelt to Emperor Nero. Which means he just didn't know about that ancient history. And when FDR and Congress took the country off the gold standard and the court upheld the decision, McReynolds lost his shit. Uh. His dissenting statement was so bitter and hostile that it was not printed in the court reports. <laughs> so this was a time when you could actually stop people from saying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean... No. I got you, boo-boo. You got me, baby. Come here, Come here baby. It's nice. It's cute, isn't it? It's nice. That'll be $5. Okay. He wipes my bum also. All right. When the court voted against FDR's Farm Act, farmers were furious. On the night following the majority opinion, someone in Iowa discovered life-size effigies of the six majority opinion justices hanging by the side of the road. Is that a I bad mean, sign? I mean, what a time. Is that a bad sign? Let's get back to hating justices. Yeah. That's what we call a hung court. <laughs> Don't you boo me, motherfuckers. You cannot laugh, but you won't boo. Yeah, she's got to go. All right, I'm sorry. I really... The court struck down a New York state law providing a minimum wage for women and child workers. <laughs> MAGA, brother. The court said laundry owner Joe... Topaldo could continue to exploit female workers in his Brooklyn sweatshop. <laughs> you mean Joe the Laundry? Go have at it. They're women. Are you kidding me? Why do you have to pay? Why do you have to pay them money? Yeah. Chain Good the Lord. door. Chain the doors shut. Start a fire. And make sure they don't use the same toilets as you, or you'll become woman. You will. Have you heard about ass transitions? Transactions? You get it from a toilet seat. Buddy of mine came Asian. Can't talk to him. Don't like him. Okay. Yeah, it's true. It's true stuff. Happens. For another friend of mine became a lady. Yeah, went to the bathroom. Now he's got to use the ladies' room. It's like, what's going on here? You know? My friend's ass is black. They caught it just in time, but he, it almost spread. And he's just, it's now just, he's got a black butt, you know? You got to be careful out there, man. I worked with Harry Potter. And this is blowing my mind. I know a guy with a leprechaun dick. That's okay with me. With people angry at the court for blocking uh, the New Deal, FDR saw an opportunity. 
In February 1937, FDR announced he was going to implement the Supreme Court plan close to what McReynolds had come with, up with so many years ago. Oh, boy. He asked Congress to empower him to appoint an additional justice for any member of the court over the age of 70 who did not retire. So, okay, so, <laughs> so how many is that? He's saying they're out of touch. Well, it turns out this is the oldest court ever. It meant he was going to add six new justices to the court. Oh, my God. Jesus. I mean, this just... We're so... They just had to be approved by the Senate. People went bug fuck. Okay. Gold bug fuck? Gold bug fuck. On both sides, they said it was the end of the country. So people are saying if he did it, it would be the end. If he didn't... Right. It's weird. <laughs> Thank God nothing's changed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank God. So many letters poured into Congress that they begged people to stop sending them. FDR was being compared to Hitler and Mussolini. Okay. Fun company. But then suddenly... No. The court changed. They voted for a minimum wage law they'd struck down a year before. One middle-of-the-road justice, Roberts, was no longer voting with the horsemen. And it continued. The days of McReynolds and the horsemen dominating the court were over, and FDR's new deal moved forward. But McReynolds never changed. Doesn't sound like McReynolds. Old malleable? When a Harvard-educated black attorney who mentored uh, future justice... This has a justice, bad beginning. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Who mentored future Justice Thorogood Marshall as the dean of Howard Law School. When this gentleman argued in front of the Supreme Court in 1939, McReynolds turned his back and faced the curtains in the courtroom Was to he show... ever looking forward? <laughs> he was just always silently protesting. That's it, I'm hunting ducks. Walks out backwards. Things quickly changed on the court in the late 30s. Justice Devanter retired in 1937. Souther uh, Lend in 1938. Butler died in 1939. So those are the horsemen. Okay, good. Well, McReynolds was the last farewell. horseman of the apocalypse left. <laughs> they didn't say of the apocalypse, right? I said it. Okay. Because that, even then, that's a little dicey. But that's what the press was trying uh, to say. I mean, of course they're the four horsemen of the apocalypse, mm -hmm. but you'd think you'd bury that a little... Uh, he was left to just dissenting in major decisions from 1937 to 1941. When Brandeis retired in 1939, McReynolds, I just said that, did not sign the letter. In Brandeis' place, FDR picked Felix Frankfurter, another Jewish guy. Wow. All right. <laughs> and to make it worse, he had graduated from Harvard Law School and helped found the American Civil Liberties Union. Uh, so, he was a liberal Jew. He was a liberal Jew. The worst kind. McReynolds did not attend Frankfurter's swearing-in, exclaiming, quote, My God, another Jew on the court? Oh, my God. How long has he, he been on the loud. court? He said it out loud. I mean... You'd think in, in this time... Yeah, at this uh, time, you'd World be like, War I II, lost. Yeah. In World War II, you'd be like, well, I issued X now on the anti-Semitism. Yeah, well, yeah. How about that Hitler? <laughs> Should we get a new justice? Hitler? Well, we'll sit him to the right. Obviously. 
Weirdly, he was extremely charitable to the pages who worked at the court. And he loved kids. He gave tons of assistance to British children who were orphaned by World War II. He adopted 33 children who were oh victims of the German bombing. Oh, my God. He, what? 33? Yeah. Well, he's like living Oliver in his house? I don't know. Just got is. orphans hanging off of railings? I couldn't find... Andy, Clark, Tommy, Bishop, Ross, Richard, Nick, Andy, Andy too! Garfy. Garfy, Gareth, Gary, come on! Come down if you want your mashed potatoes! I couldn't... So I And wake up your brother! Austin, John, Michael, Graham. Paul. Paul, George, Ringo. Actually, leave Ringo, leave Ringo. Leave Ringo, leave Ringo. He doesn't eat like the others. <laughs> um, he also uh, just fucked uh, widows like crazy. Like, that was... <laughs> Is like, there an app for that? <laughs> oh, my God, there should be a widow fuck app. How is that not a thing? Uh, there's everything else. Swipe so down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is a weird... That is, a, that is, like, that's strange because that's kind of an emotional fetish. <laughs> yeah, I like women? grievers. Oh, man, when there's something that's... Been really hurt inside I'm of them. I'm what you'd call a void taker. Mmm. <laughs> she got the stink of sadness on her. I'll be back in two and two, boys. Hey, lady, read the Gazette? I like them when it's fresh, too. I oh, like, yeah. I like when I make them come when they start crying. Well. Am I the only one? Yeah, no, you lost me, and I'm out of my mind. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> McReynolds tried to stay on the bench. By the way, anytime it says McReynolds tried to, it's bad. Just so you know. Well, he tried to stay on the bench hoping that FDR would finally get voted out. Uh, quote, not to retire while the cripple remained in the White House. Jesus, God. There is absolutely no change. The no, man has oh, remained no. unchanged. He never changed one tiny bit. I mean, you'd think there'd be a minor thawing. No. No. Like, maybe you'd, like, listen to one sentence a Jewish person said before you ran out to hunt ducks. Why? You're right. Good point. Good counterpoint. Thank you. But after FDR won in 1940, McReynolds gave up and retired in 1941 at mm. 79 years old. Mm. Mm. The other Supreme Court justices failed to send him the customary retirement. Yes. Yeah. Uh. You just send a box full of dreidels. And a toilet seat that said, every race used. Ah! 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 
Um, he continued living in uh, D.C. and finally died of bronchial pneumonia on August 24th. It's good. It's good, right? It's good. 1946. He died alone in the hospital. Quote. We'd all rather it not be a hospital. Quote, he died a very lonely death in a hospital without a single friend or relative at his bedside. He was buried in Kentucky, but no member of the court attended his funeral, though one employee of the court traveled to Kentucky for the services. So they were like, we got to send a guy uh, who has never had a vacation. I haven't. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. How about this? Stop in Kentucky. Okay, what am I going to do? So, do you know McReynolds? Yeah, the worst. Glad he's dead. Why not Hawaii? You just have to stop at his funeral. But, but, we have sparklers. I got to stop saying yes so early to stuff. No, but you can light sparklers at his funeral and wave them around. Because no one's going to be there. If you oh, dress it's like up watching like a movie alone. Yeah, no different. Movies are around, right? Nope, yes. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's like watching a movie alone. Because those are around. You're smart. You're a smart one. Hey. Of the smart ones, you're a smart one. I like to do stuff. When Harry Parker died in 1953, seven years later, his funeral was attended by six justices, including the chief justice. <laughs> I mean... And a wizard academy. It's Harry... Or, sorry, keep going. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He likes to be called Harfie. I don't believe in uh, an afterlife like, uh, like our president does, but... Um, I'm not that religious, but I wish there was one so that this fucking asshole could see all the justices go to this guy's funeral. (laughs) I've never actually wanted there to be an afterlife until now. This is the first time I've ever wanted it to be a thing. Uh, I like to think he got punished somehow after. Well, he did die alone, which is pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, but I like to think there was maybe a dick kick after. A dick kick? Yeah. A dick kick? Yeah. Yeah, like his negative energy went into the jellyfish that, you know, kind of makes the universe up and, uh, you know, what? spit out because he's a shithead. What just happened? I've taken hallucinogens. The jellyfish that makes the universe? You know, the Divine Mother. She lives in the clouds. You're calling the Divine Mother a jellyfish? I'm not calling her anything else. I've talked to her, sir. Excuse me? I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Ayahuasca is not just something you can take and hang out with your cat. (laughs) You're goddamn right it ain't. (laughs) McReynolds never uh, had a family. Keep going. McReynolds never had a family. Reynolds did. So he left his estate to charities and educational institutions. No Jews. Academy will be a great school. No Jew university. He is considered one of the worst, if not the worst, Supreme Court justice ever. Time magazine called him, quote, a savagely sarcastic, incredibly reactionary Puritan anti-Semite. 
And he wouldn't be the kind of shithead that would frame it in his room and be like, look at that, huh? How about me? Somebody made the cover of Time. Fucking award. Award winner. They like me. In a biographical dictionary of the court, Timothy L. Hall called McReynolds the most boorish man ever to hold a seat there and was unwept for and unloved. Jesus. That feels pretty good at this point. That's fucking... That guy did not like him. Uh, I think he's misunderstood. Well, I think we've all found McReynolds an asshole. <laughs> did somebody really yell out, please do the penguins on one instead in the middle of that? That was a holocaust, my friend. Um, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that... that the Supreme Court justice was not great. It is, it is nice to experience the terrible ones publicly. I feel like uh, that's better for me, personally. The interesting thing about the Supreme Court is he was essentially allowed to do this because of the secrecy that sort of surround, especially then, surrounded the court. Right. And the fact that they didn't until recently allow their names to be attached to what they said. And fuck them, shit should be televised. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, because, because they're acting like they're this isolated, isolated, non-political... Th- fuck you, you're totally political. Uh, stand the fuck up, be big boys, and get involved in the world. That's what it is now. And girls, yeah, all right, sorry, and girls. The, uh, yeah, it is really strange the way we have allowed the total erosion of public, like, the fact that now the White House doesn't have to have on-camera press briefings. It's like, I mean, you know, it's, it's hacky to even talk about, but it is so, I mean, that's just the thing you do. You stand up there and you take the shit. I mean, that was honestly the only redeeming part about Trump at the beginning was that you get to watch Sean Spicer try to translate it. You just got to watch a dude... We all just, miss him. I just, miss him. I mean, he just, he just, all he wanted was a break, and then he just got so ruined. He, he was just so, got so shot. He was so fucked in the head that he, had, he wore different shoes. Yeah. I know, and then he hid in a bush, and then they, they were like, hey, we don't do, he, use Sean anymore, he's too fat. And the was, only thing we had, the only thing we had was we could roast that dirty little piggy for a little while, and they fucking took it away. in the morning, you'd be like, I want to hear what this idiot's going to say. Well, the president's tweet, the reason why he tweeted, let me finish, the reason why he Snapchatted, you're like, what is fucking happening? Oh, my God, why isn't he Snapchatting? He has to, the only person who has to be on Snapchat is Trump. He's the only guy who would have, like, one of those dog faces with a tongue hanging out and be like, Kim Jong-un, I'm coming for you. Just as he's got, like, a little princess crown on and hearts are flying around him. I'm not fucking around. Russia and I are going to solve the election fraud. That happened a while, that happened a while ago. That was... Oh, shit, I didn't do it? Oh, you didn't do it. Well, we didn't do the intro. We didn't do it. It's on you, boob. If I, but usually when I fuck up, you don't. You, I catch you. 
Yeah, you do catch I catch you. But uh, tonight I, I, I let you down, baby. What happened? No, no. What happened you tonight? No. I let you Get down it down out of here. Get it out of here. I let you down tonight. Get it out of here. I let you down tonight. You were listening to the dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who had no idea what the topic was going to be about. Good heads up. You guys, thank you so much for coming. Appreciate the fuck out of it. Fight the good fight. We'll be over there signing some posters. Yeah, we'll sign your book too, my man. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th, Adelaide, November 16th, Canberra, November 17th, Brisbane, November 18th, and then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 